Good morning, Love Canal, New York. Happy December. Well, it's going to be another scorcher out there. And the city is asking you don't leave your homes which you purchased not knowing you were living on the site of toxic waste. Yes, please stay inside, but there's lots of fun activities to do inside your house today, like clean out your oxygen masks, turn on the TV and see your house on the national news, and maybe even make out your last will and testament. Yes, the Love Canal disaster on this week's This Was a Thing. This was a thing, this was a thing, this was a thing Do you remember Patty Hearst's kidnapping? This was a thing, pretty much Atari Deep Throat Roots and Ted Bundy Hanoi Jane, Celebrity Bowling That was a thing Bobby Fischer, Blackouts, Benny Ellen, Paul and Danny and Marie Rich Little and Billie Jean King Hi, I'm Ray. And I'm Rob. And you're listening to This Was a Thing, the podcast that dives deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. On today's episode, we are looking at Love Canal, the Love Canal. Ray, do you know what Love Canal is? Uh, Chuck Woolery, right? No, that's Love Connection. No. Two, two and two. Be no, right no, back. No. Okay. Love Canal is something that in all my studies of, I've for some reason, I have just never come across it. And uh, that changed over the past week or so. That has changed. I am now, I feel like, an expert on the Love Canal. The Love Canal. No, no, no. Don't get on this boat, folks. Trust me. Oh. You do not want to get on this canal. Okay. Uh, now, this was a thing because it was the first time a national emergency was declared because of a man-made accident chemical waste and it became the quintessential little guy versus big business story of the 20th century even though we don't talk much about love canal today the disaster that happened there in the 1970s will be something that i hope we never see again and i am surprised in all these like television shows that focus on like past historical events and stuff nobody has picked up this story and turned it into a series because it has everything you would want Blue-collar families, a fiery female leader, corrupt businesses, and inept politicians. But first, you might ask yourself, what the hell is Love Canal? Besides a, quote, public health time bomb, as the press called it. That just calmed everybody's fears. Oh, okay. Well, that's easy. So Love Canal, friends, it's it's a town. It's uh, it's nestled in Niagara Falls. It's, it's, a, it's a little city. It's 36 blocks with a canal of 16 acres. Love Canal was founded in 1890 as a planned community by William T. Love, who thought he could make the area... I was a planned community, too. (laughs) He thought he could make the area a model area and uh, that water was going to help fund electricity, like, like, and that, and that, and he was close to the water, so that was going to help. Steampunk. Steampunk. And that uh, he was going to create a shipping route to bypass Niagara Falls. So, all in all, this was going to be a pretty nice area, but in 1894, work begins on the canal, but funding dropped out when the markets dipped, and in 1906, Congress decided to preserve Niagara Falls, so the canal, which was planning on using its water, was told, no water for you! (laughs) You can't fill up the canal with the Niagara water! So at that point, though, only one mile of the canal had been dug, and about it was about 50 feet wide and about 10 to 40 feet deep. Oh, damn. Stretching northward from the Niagara River. And so William T. Love sadly abandoned the project. The canal eventually filled itself with water over time because of rain and stuff like that, but it soon might get a new owner. Yes, the Hooker Chemical Company. <laughs> that is their name, the Hooker 
chemical company. They produced chlorolite products, basically chlorine, as well as plastics manufacturing. It's like Roseanne. Yes. They had tons of chemical waste and no place to dump it, just like Roseanne. So the, <laughs> the Niagara Power and Development Company gave Hooker permission to dump the waste into the abandoned canal you could. in 1942. Good, 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 good. Soon good. in 1947, 55-ton gallon drums filled the canal. Then Hooker needed more space, so they bought the canal as well as the 70-foot-wide banks on either side of the canal. Does that make sense? Yes. The city was like, you can dump it here. Then they were like, we need more room, so we're going to buy the canal. And then they just kept filling it up with a waste. Good. As the economy began to boom and suburban living seemed inevitable, Hooker realized the area would probably be made for housing development, so they ceased using the canal after a 10-year period, and Hooker sold the land to the school board for a dollar. A dollar. Wow. Now, time marches on, and the canal was filled over with clay, and soon vegetation began to grow, and buildings popped up, and a school appeared, and families moved in, and they made a home for themselves in Love Canal, New York. By the 1970s, there were 800 houses and 240 low-income homes that occupied the area, which I'm sure was fun for Halloween, because there were about 400 kids or so living in the area. It was perfection, except... There were some pretty bad smells and odors in the backyards and playgrounds. And when it rained out from the dirt and the soil came these odd color oils, things and, and, and fluids. <laughs> um, and a lot of basements and streets had a black ooze in it. And a lot of kids had birth defects. And why was the cancer rate so high in this area? So it seemed a little bit odd. Now, in 1976, two reporters for the Niagara Falls Gazette tested some of the sump pumps near Love Canal and found the presence of 15 organic chemicals, including the toxic chlorinated hydrocarbons. But uh, science is kind of hard to explain, so people kind of said, eh, not a problem. I don't know what hydrocarbons are. That's pretty much it. This is a very, like... You said Roseanne, and I think that's kind of a great image for this. It's a very blue-collar, meat-and-potatoes type of community that's focused on, like, one day over to the next day. You know what I mean? Paycheck yeah, yeah, yeah. to paycheck. Yep. Okay. So in 1977, the city decided to get someone to test the area, and what they found was a little startling. You see, what happened was a heavy snow had happened about a year or so ago, and then when all the snow melts, there's water. So what that meant was the water uh, that was going into the soil was eventually rising back up, and when it was rising back up, it was also bringing chemicals that were in the soil up with it. So a heavy snow created high water tables, which meant it would be mixed with anything below the surface, then brought back up to the air. Things like dioxins. Dioxins are called persistent organic pollutants or POPs, meaning they take a long time to break down once they are in the environment and dioxins are highly toxic and can cause cancer, reproductive developmental problems, damage to the immune system, and can interfere with hormones. See, but it was worse than they thought. More studies were conducted and here were the results for the residents of Love Canal. Contaminants were found, and they included chlorinated hydrocarbon residues, processed sludge, fly ash, and residential municipal garbage. Unacceptable levels of toxic vapors associated with more than 80 compounds, 10 of the most prevalent and most toxic compounds, oh, including benzene, a known human carcinogen, chloroform, Toluene dioxide, uh, dioxide and various kinds of PCB, which was so toxic they banned it in 1978. Can oh you imagine God. having something so bad that even in the 70s they were like, yeah, they shouldn't Whoa. be around anymore. Soil and sediment 
indicated the presence of more than 200 distinct organic chemical compounds, some they weren't even able to identify. The Department of Environmental Conservation heard about this, and they pressured Albany, the capital of New York, to sue Hooker, but no dice. The DEC kept sending letter after letter to Albany saying, this is going to be bad. This is not going to get better, and they're going to need your help. Still, no dice. Mm. Around 1978, reporter Michael Brown picked up the story again, but this time from a human angle, something that maybe people could understand. And he went door to door to ask neighbors about what it was like living in Love Canal. And they he heard countless stories of birth defects, high cancer rates, deformed limbs and extremities, suicides, mental health issues, miscarriages, stillborns, and the list goes on and on. And in 1978, as a surprise, the state environmental commissioner, Peter A. Burrell, and health commissioner, Dr. Robert P. Whalen, made uh, an unannounced visit to the Love Canal. And they went around and they tested the residents and found that 33% of the residents had undergone chromosomal damage. Oh my God. In a typical population, chromosomal damage affects 1% of the people. They also found the precursor to leukemia in many people. Uh, The state ordered Niagara County to restrict access to the Love Canal area and to remove buried chemicals. But here's the thing. At first, they didn't tell the residents about what they were finding. So in order not to cause a panic. But finally, the residents figured out something was going on. Mm -hmm. And in May... The results of what happened at Love Canal were given to the residents and they explained to the residents what exactly had been going on underground for all of these years. Even though they no longer occupied Love Canal, Hooker did leave something behind, and that was 20,000 tons of chemicals, mostly composed of products such as caustics, alkalines, fatty acid, and chlorinated hydrocarbons resulting from the manufacturing of dyes, perfumes, and solvents for rubber and synthetic resins. These chemicals were buried at a depth of 20 to 25 feet below, and upon its closure, the canal was covered with a clay seal to prevent leakage. Over time, vegetation was planted there, and it began to grow atop the dump site. Record-keeping is so important, and Hooker was actually quite good at that. So they started to look back on the correspondence from that era and found this letter from the vice president of Hooker, which is actually going to come out many years after Love Canal, but people, some people were aware of it at the time. This is what the vice president of Hooker said, quote, The more we thought about it, the more interested Wilcox and I became in the proposition and finally came to the conclusion that the Love Canal property is rapidly becoming a liability because of housing projects in the near vicinity of our property. A school, however, could be built in the center unfilled section with chemicals underground. We became convinced that it would be a wise move to turn this property over to the schools, provided we could not be held responsible for future claims or damages resulting from underground storage of chemicals. So they 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 gave him the they gave him the land for a dollar knowing that it was going to cause some issues. Yeah. Now Hooker said to the school quote, "In view of the nature of the property and the purposes for which it has been used, toxic dumping, it will be necessary for us to have special provisions incorporated into the deed with respect to the use of the property and other pertinent matters." Basically, they were saying it should be a park Do not build on it, especially a school. That's pretty much what they're saying. 
and they they also uh, had a caveat in there that they would not be held financially liable and that they would be released from all legal obligations should lawsuits occur during the future. And on April 28th, 1953, the canal was turned over to the school district and the school district began to build on the canal. But the architect of the school wrote the board a letter saying he discovered two dump sites filled with 55 U.S. gallon drums, 210 of them to be precise, I believe, containing chemical wastes. The architect also noted, quote, it would be poor policy to build in that area since it was not known what wastes were present in the ground. Hooker never told anybody what, was, what the wastes were. And the concrete foundation might be damaged. So the school board was like, we should probably listen to the architect. So they relocated the school site 80 feet away. Ugh. And the kindergarten playground also had to be relocated because that was going to be directly on top of the chemical dump. The school opened in 1955. And in that same year, a 25-foot area crumbled, and that exposed toxic chemical drums, which then filled with water during rainstorms. Now, this created large puddles, and if you're a kid and you see a large puddle, what do you do? Jump in it. And that's what kids were doing. The oh, city then God. sold the land to private housing developers, and Hooker's lawyers showed up and said, don't do that. And they didn't listen, and they sold it to the developers. Wow. In 1957, as they were building homes for low-income families in the single-house uh, dwellings, uh, they accidentally broke the canal wall, and they punched through the remaining dirt for water lines, meaning rainwater could now absorb these chemicals and come back again into the air. Now, if someone had bought the land from Hooker directly, a homeowner would have to be told about what was underneath. But they're buying the houses from property owners who bought the land from the school district. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's no legal responsibility to tell the the new homeowners. So no one knew what they were living on. Nobody that was living there knew that this was a toxic dump at some point. This is crazy. Is it immoral? Yes. Illegal? Possibly. So on August 2nd, 1978, Dr. Robert Whalen, the state health commissioner, declared a state of emergency at Love Canal and recommended the relocation of pregnant women and children under two from the first two rings of houses nearest the canal. So what they did was they they, lo they looked at a map of the community and they drew a map, they drew rings around. So like the inner le le circle sure. that would go out and out. They said, if you were living in those first two rings and you're a woman and you're pregnant and you, or you're a child under two, get out. The New York State Health Department recommended that pregnant women and children under the age of two immediately move out of the area. How many chemicals have been identified as being underground here? So far, we know of 88 specific chemicals that, are, that have been identified. And of those 88, how many are suspected of causing cancer? I think the number is 11. You could see the announcement of all of this triggers an emotional meeting at the 99th Street School with more than 200 residents chanting, We want out. Voice. Pretty emotional, right? The first residents out are Robert and Janice Shuren and their two sons, ages three years and three months, who left their house where white chemical suds were oozing into the basement. Now, what? once again, once again, the issue that they're running into is we're saying you need to leave, but these are not affluent people. No, yeah. These are people that are living paycheck yeah. to paycheck. 
where are they going to go and who's going to pay for this to happen? That was pretty much the big deal that was happening. Now, when a tragedy occurs, usually someone steps forward to be the voice of the community. And in this case, it's going to be a woman by the name of Lois Gibbs. Lois's five-year-old son, Michael, was very healthy until they moved to Love Canal. And then he was besieged with health problems all of a sudden. Epilepsy. UTIs, asthma, and a very low white blood cell count. Now, she couldn't figure out why her healthy son all of a sudden got very, very sick. And then she read Michael Brown's article, and she was furious. And in September of 1977, going back a year, she began to make a public outcry. Luckily, she had an advocate in the reporter, Michael Brown. He would later go on to write the book called Laying Waste, The Poisoning of America by Toxic Chemicals, which is a fascinating book. Hooker kept Brown in court for quite some time. They didn't want all their secrets being revealed. Now, Lois began speaking to residents, and they all acknowledged that something seemed off, especially the sludge in their basement, the fact vegetation couldn't grow, and everyone seemed sick. They pressured the mayor of Love Canal, and he said, quote, there's no problem in Love Canal. Oh, my God. It's like the mayor in Jaws. Oh, it is. It's exactly, exactly. Hey, everyone. This is Daniel Cut Cut Schwartzberg. I'm going to make this quick because I, I don't have a lot of time. Robin Wright only let me out of the editing cell to use the bathroom. and They don't know that I brought a microphone with me this time, but I need to get this message out and there's no other way. Um, uh, first, I don't know the exact address where they're keeping me, but I can hear chickens and what sounds like the Golden Girls theme song on loop. Please send help. Second, this was the thing has some exciting updates to share. We are expanding the type of content we're making for Patreon members, and we're also offering a new way to support the show directly through the Apple Podcasts app. For all those details, go take a look at the show notes for today's episode, or you can read the post at thiswasathing.com. If you've been enjoying the show and might be able to support us through a monthly Patreon membership or an Apple Podcast subscription, it would be deeply appreciated and it'll help us continue to grow and if you're already a supporter thank you thank you thank you the biggest new perk of supporting the show in addition to the perks already available is going to be getting exclusive access to extended episodes every single week they'll be available to patreon members at the old lucy level and higher and for all apple podcast subscribers too uh, these episodes have things that I normally have to cut out of the episodes for the sake of time and clips that Ray and Rob begged me to keep secret, so feel free to use them as blackmail. And if supporting the show through Patreon or an Apple Podcast subscription isn't possible for you right now, we completely understand. Even just listening to the show and recommending it to others means the world to us and is probably the only reason I'm still getting three meals a day. And if you have a second and can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, that's also huge for us since it helps others find the show and keeps Ray from looking menacingly at me from his Fred Silverman Halloween mask. Uh, just a minute! Okay, probably only like uh, 10 seconds left before they start to get suspicious. Thank you all for listening each week. And if this is your first episode, then welcome and enjoy. Also, please do send help. I don't know how many more bowls of rice aroni I can handle. Lois Gibbs, like I said, is then going to become 
the figurehead. And she was a woman, she was a, she was a housewife. She uh, had no idea of anything about like political activism or environmental activism. All she saw was that her son was healthy one day and then they moved and he wasn't healthy anymore. So she is the one that's leading the cause and she became very, very fast, the the individual who was going to be the face of all of this. And actually, I think one of the things that's really interesting is that a majority of the people that were leading the charge on getting Love Canal corrected were women. Mm-hmm. So I'm once again, I'm surprised this hasn't been turned in. I mean, I, there was like a TV movie in the 80s, I think, with Marsha Mason playing Lois Gibbs. But I, I'm, I feel like now why this is not a series mm-hmm. is beyond me. Here's Lois explaining to a reporter exactly what's going on in the town. How many homes are involved here? There are about 239 homes. Uh, 237 residents have now evacuated. Did everybody get out? No, there are still two families who live in what they consider Ring 2, the homes across the street from the actual canal. Do you have any communication with them? Uh, No, we don't. They don't think there's a problem here, and that's why they're still here. They think we're radicals, uh, and we just force government to do something that shouldn't have been done. What was the final straw that got you some action here? I think it was our persistence. You know, we have many people, there's 550 families, who kept saying we are not going to stay here, we're not going to tolerate these health risks, uh, involuntary risks that, you know, we don't want anything to do with. And just persistent, badgering government, fighting, trying to prove there's a health problem and eventually proving there is a health problem in Love Canal, finally got us out of Love Canal, got us the option to leave. Lois Gibbs organized a HOA and they began to demand answers and a solution. Someone specifically what they were looking for was somebody needs to buy their homes and give them money to move out. Right. That's I mean, uh, yeah, that's what they wanted. And everyone drug their heels on this or dragged their heels on this. The city, the state, the federal government hooker. Nobody took responsibility to help. And the line was. Prove these things are happening because of hooker. Prove these things are happening because of toxic waste. Could just be a coincidence. Michael Brown tried to get on every news broadcast he could to let the world know about toxic waste and that Love Canal was not just a backyard issue. He was saying, how many other dumping sites are you living on? So now the country was in an uproar when they learned this could be happening to them. How many other companies had buried toxic waste and you're living on it Mm -hmm. and you're unaware of it. Lois Gibbs went door to door to get support and she came up with a brilliant notion. The more outrageous the stunt, the more publicity she would get to Love Canal. So she had children holding protest signs. They burned the Carter family in effigy. Oh my God. They had mothers pushing strollers and in the most iconic moment of all, held two EPA employees hostage for five hours saying, if you think it's so fine, then you can live here. Wow. So finally, Hooker had to answer some questions and uh, here is the spokesperson for Hooker who literally looks like every single bad guy from every single one of these like anti-business shows. Listen, listen, listen. Here's his reaction. The quantity of dioxin that was located in that entire large canal site was a very, very low quantity. But one of Hooker's own documents shows that 200 tons of a substance called trichlorophenol, TCP, was buried at the Love Canal. That is enough to produce as much as 130 pounds of dioxin. Finally, 
On August 8, 1978, President Carter declared a state of emergency over waste, and it was the first time emergency funds were used for something other than a natural disaster. Oh. He then ordered FDA to help build trenches and get sump pumps sealed off. A little bit later on, that's when the governor of New York, Hugh L. Carey, he was running for re-election, so he might have been busy. He visited the Love Canal neighborhood, and he temporarily diffused a very uh, tension-filled fight and he decided to evacuate all 239 families living next to the canal on both sides. Wow. That still doesn't take care of everybody, mm -hmm. but he could evacuate them. Here are some of his constituents. Do you know what it's like to lose a child, do you? Because I can tell you exactly what it's like to lose a child. Well, it's terrible. And when it's due to chemicals, it's even worse. Much worse. So it's about time you people woke up and stopped fooling around around here and do something. Do something decent and care about the people that live in this city. I won't stay in this city, I don't want to. And I was born and raised here and I always stood up for this city. 42 years I've been in this city. And now I don't give a darn about it. And I won't stay here anymore. But then there was another issue, which is after Governor Kerry said, okay, we'll give you temporary housing for about a year, a citizen stood up and asked a really important question that nobody seemed to have an answer to. What do you suppose you're gonna do about moving costs? These people can't take that kind of moving cost. And I don't care where they're from in this area, if they're from the LaSalle development or if they're from any other of the areas. These people can't afford to move out. Not only that, they can't afford to go into all these hotels and come up with this front money. It's just not there. We people have to realize this is a low-income area or middle at the most. And then on November 10th, 1978, uh, while people were evacuating with no money, among the chemicals found at Love Canal, this is called trichlorophenol, trichlorophenol, 245 trichlorophenol, and it was a compound related to dioxin, the deadliest chemical ever synthesized by man. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. Scientists minimize the possibility that dioxin may be present, but Hooker admitted burying 200 tons to Love Canal from 1943 to 19. 53. A confidential hooker document obtained by close-up reveals that the company was warned by one of its own employees, John Gibson, four years ago, not to even dig into the plant site dump. Do not dig anywhere in this area, he said. It is totally undermined with buried tanks and drums, maybe 50 to 100,000 drums buried there. Could have fire and or reactions if we hit this junk. I would hesitate to classify any of those uh, waste disposal sites as health hazard areas. However, uh, each one of them has chemical residue materials and we are, we are now reviewing with the state DEC programs to monitor what extent, if any, any of the chemicals have left those waste sites and if they have, what kind of a program would be required to correct the situation? Here is uh, the committees explaining to the, uh, the press what they have found over at Love Canal. Dr. Pizziano concluded that 11 of the 36 individuals examined exhibited significant chromosomal aberrations, which can be an early warning of future health problems, including cancer, birth defects, spontaneous abortions, and other reproductive problems. Health experts believe these aberrations can be caused by various factors, including exposure to chemicals. 
everywhere they test, a, there is dioxin, which means residents want to leave, which means the state needs to pay for their homes, which means the governor is getting a lot of angry letters. And like I said, he's in the middle of a re-election campaign. So what will the governor do? We'll tell you right after the break. Get the governor on the line. This was a thing, this was a thing. And now, this is a sketch. You two ready to sign on this house? I can't believe it. This house is almost ours. It's our first home. Ah, congratulations. Thanks for showing it to us. Man, we didn't think we'd get something so cheap in Love Canal, but this COVID thing really dropped prices. Uh Uh-huh. So, uh, by a, a pesky little thing called the law, there are a few things I need to tell you about Love Canal. Um, so, first is there's no school. <laughs> That's okay. I can't have kids. Did you find that out before we toured Love Canal or after? Never mind. Uh, there's a lake. Oh, cool. That sometimes comes and sometimes goes, and you never know where it's going to pop up next. It might be the tree or the bridge. Oh, it's like Jumanji. Uh, your basement, your stomach, just like Jumanji. It's a fun movie. Now, um, how are how are you with stairs? Oh, uh, we know the house has stairs. <laughs> it's a two story. No, 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 no. <laughs> stairs, like 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 looking at you by strangers because of your deformities. You you okay with that? What deform? Am, am I am I deformed? No, 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 no. Which you means you actually won't be able to join the HOA just yet. Uh, and and finally, hypothetically, just hypothetically. How would you react if you found out your entire foundation on the house was sludge, animal shit, and waste? Sir, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm 42 years old and a first-time homebuyer because I am up to my eyeballs in student loan debt. I work four minimum wage jobs, and we are currently living with our parents who are convinced that Joe Biden killed Ivana Trump. The house could literally swallow us up whole, and it will still be better than our current living situation. So... As someone born after 1980, I am used to making bad situations work. Give me the pen so I can sign the contract and we can move into our new home, which will most likely kill us a lot faster than the slow death of her mother's cooking and her father's thoughts on Kamala Harris's plan to infect us all with syphilis. Please, just give me the pen. I like your attitude. Yes, sir, here's the pen. And I'll take a pic of both of you for your Insta. Now, we can't find Love Canal under locations. Well, we changed the name of the community recently. Ooh, to what? Millennial Mansions. Here it is. Thank you. This was a sketch. Okay, so a couple of things happen over in 1980 while all this is still going on. Remember, these people are still living there. They cannot get out unless they were part of the first group of people that the governor was willing to pay for a year to have them relocate. But once again... Uh, they're living in like hotels and stuff. They're yeah. not, they're not, uh, they're not, once again, costs are not being given back to them. So the state of New York decides uh, that they're going to sue Hooker and two other affiliated firms for $635 million. Wow. And uh, that's how they'll, they'll pay for all of this. And only a few weeks later, all 728 families in a 50 square block radius is moved by the president of the United States. But hopes are dashed when the federal government announces it can only offer low interest loans. They can't buy the canal area homes outright. Oh, geez. So the idea was the government would buy the house with that money. You could then move wherever you wanted to move. But the government's like, no, we're not going to buy your house. We're going to only offer you a low interest loan to which I'm like, you don't have money. Yeah. 
you don't have money for these people. There's no money laying around to like help these poor people out. So these people are really getting screwed. On October 2nd, 1980, President Carter signed a $20 million state federal aid package for the Love Canal family relocations. The state and federal governments then agreed to to buy another 550 homes, and all but 76 homeowners agreed to sell the total cost on that $24.8 million. What comes out of this, though, is the Comprehensive Environmental Response Compensation and Liability Act, known as CERCLA. Sometimes it's also known as the Superfund Act. And Love Canal became the first entry on this list. And what this did was it created a tax on chemical and petroleum industries, and it provided a broad federal authority to respond directly to releases or threatened releases of hazardous substances that may endanger public health or the environment. So now there'd be a fund in case, God forbid, this would ever, ever happen again. Then in 1981, it comes out that the army might have been dumping waste as well in Love Canal. Oh, good. Uh, But the army denies the charge. And finally, in 1984, the terms of a $20 million out-of-court settlement between Occidental Chemical Corporation, they now owned Hooker, and 1,336 Love Canal residents are revealed. And what they decided was the settlement would set aside $1 million for a lifetime medical trust that'll cover the cost of diagnosis and treatment of any latent Love Canal-related illnesses of those residents accepting the settlement. $20 million, the residents had originally sought $15 billion dollars uh the average settlement was fourteen thousand two hundred and fifty dollars and uh lawsuits go on and on and on and finally in 1994 federal district judge john curtin ruled that hooker slash occidental had been negligent but not reckless in its handling of the waste and sale of the land to the niagara falls school board uh, in his decision, he led a very de- he had a very detailed timeline that led up to the events of the Love Canal disaster, specifically a lot of that correspondence that we had just talked about, mm-hmm. in which letters had said that they knew exactly what was going on, and they were afraid that if something went wrong, they would be held liable for it. And Occidental uh, Petroleum was then also sued by the EPA, and they agreed to pay $129 million in restitution. Uh, And out of that federal lawsuit came money for a small health fund and a $3.5 million for state health uh, study. And then eventually residents' lawsuits were also being settled in the following years after Love Canal. And it took all the way up to 1997 when Occidental settled the last of the 49 insurance carrier over expenses that were incurred during the cleanup. And in 1998, nearly 900 former residents received awards ranging from $63 to $133,000 in personal injury damages 20 years later so that's the story of love canal it's now a functional town again oh. in 2004 it got removed from the list and now it says love canal is safe Do you remember the first list they created yeah, saying yeah. these are bad areas so it finally 19 uh sorry 2004 it finally got wow. removed off the list but also in, in the grand scheme of things this is still not that far away so we still don't know what other things might pop up no yeah uh, a lot of the interviews i was watching were people that had been sick for a very very long time cancer and leukemia who suffered their whole lives because of what was going on at love canal so the question then becomes, I'm a little disturbed as to why the, the school district never told people we're building this on a, on, a, on a dump site. Because then they know that the school that just got built would not have any kids go to it. That's true. But I feel like they, they also in this don't seem to like be responsible. No, yeah. And for me, I was like, I feel like they're just as responsible. I mean, I know it was a different time where people really weren't familiar with what chemical waste could do and all that stuff. But I feel like there should have just been some 
mention of it by the school board when they sold it over to well, yeah. the, the property owners. And then the property owners, I feel like, I don't know. I And I, I wonder if that's changed. I'm sure it has. And Lois Gibbs still like goes out and fights the good fight. She was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize a few oh, years wow. back. And once again, I'm always surprised that I, I'm surprised that there's no story about this, especially nowadays with things like, I don't know if you, you know, things like the First Ladies on Showtime mm-hmm. or Mrs. America on FX. This to me is a prime. So like Amazon? Yeah. Amazon, Netflix. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Oh, how dare you? But I think this story is so fascinating and it was I one agree. that I wasn't that familiar with, but the idea that they could create this grassroots environmental movement and everybody just turned their back on it because they said... I'm not legally responsible, but are you ethically responsible for this? All these people seem to know what were in these canisters that were being used to fill up the dump. And I think to an extent, the school board should be held responsible for this as well, which is why I think there was so much suing of like the cities and the state and all that stuff, because I think there was a tie into that. I have never been to Love Canal. Have you been to Niagara Falls? I've never been to Niagara Falls. And once again, this was the first time they were dealing with an environmental disaster that was man-made. This is this is a little different than a tornado comes yeah. through or an act of God. Imagine if a tornado did go through that community with the with all the toxins. And That's stuff? what they were saying. They were saying like, if God forbid something like that happened. Yeah. I don't know if you heard, but the gentleman who was being interviewed on one of the news broadcasts is like the entire East Coast could be wiped. Yeah, out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, which was true. Yeah, which was true. I mean, it was really, really bad. Now, over time, people, some people have said that it actually wasn't as horrible. And that the newspapers and media were looking to fan the flames of a story, which is why it was like public health bomb and all that stuff. I disagree with that. I mean, the fact that people are surrounded by things that are going to cause leukemia mm-hmm. and cancer and all these birth deformities. I mean, it's so sad to hear these mothers talking about the children that died as stillborns, miscarriages, all because of their living on this toxic dump without knowing about it. I know that they probably settled with Occidental slash hooker because they were like i just want to get this over with probably at this point i think these people deserve a lot more than what they got so people put their whole lives into these houses and they couldn't leave where could they go and the fact that the government was like well only only this portion will go and all that this is crazy you're telling me you can't come up with the money to move these fucking people somewhere this is crazy. Imagine living like right on the edge too and not being able to go, but like, you know, like you're right on the edge and you don't get to be part of the, well, that was you the know, thing like I'm sure it would be terrible. You would, that would suck to be the people that were like on the nearest yes, edge of. Exactly. I mean, and if you were like in the first and second circles, yeah, but like if you're on that third circle, it's not like the, whatever, like crap is out there. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's at the second. Okay. We can't go past the, the second circle, people. Let's turn around. No, it, it, so anyway, this was absolutely crazy. It was handled, I think, probably by the president to the best of his ability. And a lot of legislation has come out of it. I think just automatically they should have been like, okay, we're getting houses for all these people. I don't know what else to do. And get them out and we'll pay their moving costs. So, I, I mean, I know that's very expensive, but... You know, what can you what can you do? I'm going to Beverly Hills of nowhere. Oh, that's the other thing. I wonder if people ask for like bougie places to live. Oh, <laughs> um, Mr. Jones, this is President Carter. I'm not going to Poughkeepsie. Okay, I'll call you right back. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I would love to just been a fly on the wall for that fucking mayor to get that phone call. Who's literally he's the mayor of Niagara Falls. Yeah, exactly. 
Like, oh, I'm going to go marry someone today. Do I put my poncho on today or do I not put yeah, my exactly. poncho on today? Uh, Mr. Mayor, you want to put on a poncho and a hazmat? Oh, boy. What? Why? <laughs> what are those barrels? <laughs> oh, God. Ah, so have you, have you gotten the trial of Carol of Feline and uh, figured out the, uh, the uh, one through seven? Uh, Checolophiline no bolo? Mr. Mayor, do you know what that means? Oh, it's bad. I just know it's bad. <laughs> I just know I'm not going to win re-election. Yeah. So that's the story of Love Canal, New York, one that I'm surprised we don't hear more about. And so I'm, I'm hoping that people like Lois Gibbs and all the wonderful other individuals who came and united a community together will get the appreciation they deserve. I also find that it's amazing how some things just don't change when she was showing the reporter around and, she, and he was like, who lives over there? And he, she's like, oh, people that think there's no problem, even though it's right in front of them. Well, they played games with these people's lives. Do you want to play a game <laughs> of our own? This was a thing and now it's a quiz. This is a This Was a Quiz. With Mark Schroeder. Mark Schroeder, did you know anything about Love Canal? No, didn't surprise me though. Didn't surprise me that this is the kind of bullshit that somebody <laughs> would pull. It is a lovely name, though, for a truly dark moment of greed and deception in our history. But it's it's quite common for there to be a wonderful word associated with something truly awful, you know? Ray. Yeah, Ray. Ray just of the, Sunshine. The name Ray. Right, okay. Ray. Why are you crying? Can we just fucking do the goddamn game? So this is a game called, with a name like that, how bad could it be? Okay. You guys are going to compete head-to-head, be the first to answer Arr. this clue. I'll read a clue of a positive word, phrase, or name which links to a negative person, place, or thing from history. Okay. Whoever can correctly answer this clue wins. So it's a tragic event, bad event. It's got a name that's pretty lovely. Okay. Here we go. The atomic bombs dropped on Japan in 1945 were dropped from this plane. The Mayflower. That is incorrect. Enola Gay. Enola that is Gay. true. It is the Enola Gay. Fucking Mayflower. The fuck is wrong with me? Like the fucking pilgrims hey, are dropping the bombs? you got it right. Leave yourself alone. Just dropping turkeys. Gobble, 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 gobble. This was the site of an 11-day siege in 1992 in Boundary County, Idaho. Uh, Ruby Ridge. That is correct. Three Mile Island was a partial nuclear meltdown, which occurred in 1979 in this state. Pennsylvania. New York, Pennsylvania is correct. Harrisburg. Uh, I couldn't tell you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, sorry, uh, bonus round, uh, Wikipedia, that shit. The Bay de Seine is the location for which historic military operation? Bastille, Bastille Day. Uh, D-Day. The D-Day landing, was. that is correct. Bastille Day. Uh, I think you're four for four here with your lovely names. This was the name of the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Wait, Texas. Uh, um, oh my God, it was all over the news. High elevation is known as these, the blank Everest. It had like a- Mountain? That was the first word. Mount Carmel Center. Uh, I did not know that. President Kennedy was assassinated while his motorcade traveled down this arboreal street. Elm Street. That is correct. Ricardo Levia Munoz Ramirez is better known by this ominous nickname. The Night Stalker. That is correct. The Inland Taipan is the world's deadliest species of this animal. Snake? That is correct. And the second most deadly species is like the coastal Taipan. Like there's Inland Taipan and there's like coast. Pro- if you see a Taipan, get the hell yeah, out of the way say, is what we're saying. We got Taipan probably. No matter but where the gonna- Taipan is, where you are, get the fuck away. The good thing about those snakes 150 words a minute. Oh, yeah. Because they're really good at typing. Ma. You guys are crushing this, by the way. The Welsh rabbit is a Welsh dish consisting of a hot cheese-based sauce served over this. 
sweet sweetbreads. Just toast. Just toast, man. Just toast. Really? Yeah, just toast. Just get some toast. Pour some cheesy cheesy sauce. That doesn't sound toast. too bad. Yeah, that's some Welsh rabbit right there. Led by Reverend Jim Jones, the People's Temple left San Francisco to start Jonestown in this South American country. That is correct, Guyana. Uh, You guys did quite well with your lovely, I mean, you know your lovely words for horrible things. So congratulations. I'll follow you anywhere as long as you give me a a nice word to it. Mark, once again, thanks so much for educating us. You are a smart man, Mark Schroeder. Once again, folks, if you want to learn more about Mark or anybody else involved with this podcast, or if you're looking for a property at Love Canal, go to uh, Instagram at This Was a Thing Pod. Go over to our website, www.thiswasathing.com forward slash no more Douglas Seal. I think that was the last episode. I know, that's the joke. Okay. It's a callback. Got it. And I also do want to point out it's www dot this was a thing dot com what I say oh shit what I say dude? WWF you, you usually just say two W's WWW oh. yeah I want to make sure people because if they go to www dot this was a thing dot com then they deserve whatever they get are you saying worldwide or are you just saying wide web oh good question I'm saying the internet but you know what else you can get on the internet patreon dot com oh what is that do? oh well you can go there slash this was a thing you can uh you know, give us give us some money, uh, help support the show, and five dollars a month gets the old Lucy level. Tons of exclusive content. What a great fucking day for all of us! <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, all right, Ray. See you at Love Canal. The Love Canal. <laughs> toxic waste. The Love Canal. Start turning into a mutant as you see. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to This Was a Thing, and a big thanks to the folks that keep this show running. Our editor, Daniel Cut-Cut Schwartzberg, our composer, Billy Better Than DC Reese, our social media director, Gabe Hashtag Crawford, our graphic designer, Natalie's Nothing Too Graphic DeSavia, and finally, our games coordinator, Mark the Shark Schroeder. If you liked what we did today, make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review us. The more stars you leave us, the more love we feel. Hey, speaking of love, show us some social media love. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Was A Thing Pod and Facebook we are This Was A Thing Podcast. Reach out, we'd love to hear from you. And if you really like what we did today, head on over to Patreon.com and become one of our sponsors and you'll get access to special episodes, interviews, and merch. That's Patreon. Search This Was A Thing and support us so we can keep doing this show. 